0: Our Father God, we thank thee today for life, the privilege of living. Help us today to remember that we live in deeds, not years, and thoughts, not breaths, in feelings, not in figures on a dial. We should count time by heartthrobs. May we ever be reminded that he lives best who thinks best feels the noblest, acts the be- best. Help us today to so act that we may show our appreciation for life by our work. We thank thee too, O oh God, for the chance to serve. May we today overlook the no opportunity to reach out a helping hand and to speak a kind word to show sympathy. And above all, help us to appreciate every service rendered by those who work with and for us. May we, O oh Lord, in all that we do this day, do our level best. May we thank the highest and best thoughts. May we strive to use our best efforts. Help us to strive today, not as though we had already attained, but that we might reach after the spiritual life we long for. Then help us to give to the world the best we have that the best may come back to us. Hear us, oh, our Father, in the name of, I, of thy dear Son, our Lord Jesus Christ. Now, Lord, I ask you to continue to show me the things you want me to see, so when I speak, Master, it will be only those things you want me to say. In Jesus' name I pray, amen, amen. and praise the Lord. Okay, so we're in Philippians 4, part 4 of The church needs a heart transplant, (laughs) okay? So let's begin to read verses one through eight, I pray, okay? Therefore, my brethren, dearly beloved, and long for my joy and crown, so stand fast in the Lord, my dearly beloved. I beseech you, Otis, and beseech Sentaishi that they be of the same mind in the Lord. I entreat thee also, true yoke fellow, or um, companion, help those women which labor with me in the gospel, with Clement also, and with other my fellow laborers, whose names are in the book of life. Rejoice in the Lord always, and again I say rejoice. Let your moderation, or gentleness, be known unto all men. The Lord is at hand. Be careful or be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. And the peace of God, which passes all understanding, shall keep or guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatever things are lovely whatever things are of good report if there be any virtue and if there be any praise think on these things amen okay we got a lot of stuff here to uh, to get through so first of all at the very first verse here we hear Paul have a that Paul has a great love for the church which is always shown when he greets them because he always opens his letters with terms such as my brethren or dearly beloved, which exemplify love and respect for fellow workers. And and also wanting them to know the Lord so well that they excel in the knowledge and service of the Lord by the spirit of the Lord. Okay, I'm gonna say that again, okay. He wants them to know the Lord so well that they are excelling in the knowledge and the service of the Lord by the spirit of the Lord. Now, if you don't understand what that means, it means that what they are doing, they're doing it in the knowledge of God and in his spirit in order to please God even though they're doing stuff to other people. Amen? which is so important because we tend to focus on natural gratification for what you're doing here on earth. And it's the wrong attitude. It's the wrong position. But you don't know that if you don't realize or be taught what service in the church is all about. Amen? Amen. And so these two ladies, uh, that pops up in verse 2, Yoelis and Sentaishi right, were two women who had started the church in their homes and now was tearing the church apart with something that was petty and had nothing to do with the doctrine of their faith. Usually when you get disgruntled people and they keep up chaos among other sisters and brethren in the church, it has nothing to do with the doctrine. Because let me tell you, if they were that in tune and knowledgeable concerning the doctrine, they wouldn't be petty. They wouldn't be stirring up unnecessary stuff because that lets you know they don't know who their Savior is. Think about it. Paul just said that he wants them to be so well knowledgeable about the service of the Lord through the Spirit of the Lord and so if you are that well knowledgeable then why would you be sitting up Amen, and calling up folks commiserating stuff that has nothing to do with their salvation but when you get done their salvation is gonna be in jeopardy amen. along with yours okay and this is usually the case because Satan always take the minor and turn it into a major thing with people to get you out of the wheel of the Father yeah. and to keep division among believers in order to render us powerless and useless. Do you realize that when we allow that to happen, we as the church have no power? And without the power of Christ, there's no use for us. What we do is in the power of Christ and without it, we're no good because you can't draw unbelievers unto him. You can't draw unbelievers unto him when you have no joy, you have no peace and you have no faith. Because everything else in the world is there for them, just like it is for you. And so you can't impress them with natural things. You can only impress them with the supernatural. That's why Satan will have you to major on petty stuff. Satan will have you to major on division and discord. Because now you are powerless. And see, when this mess happens. The whole church is affected, not just those two little folks. Amen. The whole church is affected. And and guess what? There is no evangelism going on. Why? Because number one, you will not even think of the needs of others of, in need of a, salvi- a savior. Your mind is distracted with dumb stuff. And secondly, where sin abound, you do not have the Holy Spirit and his power to draw others to the Lord. Amen. And oh glory, I just had a thought. Because in some cases, some of the people who are creating the, the biggest mess are on the evangelistic team. That's that ought to wake you up right there. And i let you know why Satan has empowered you with dumb stuff. Now, let me tell you. Eurus means sweet fragrance or a good journey. This is the one of the women who's creating a mess. Sentaishi means um, fortunate. Fortunate. Okay? They were acting out of character, not living up to their names. Or even up to their purpose, how they started out starting the church. But then it ends up as chaos and mess. And Paul, Paul because of that, he's urging the, the body of Christ, that church uh, church of Philippi, to, that they must strive for unity in salvation and in the spirit and in service. So that, he, in other words, it's up to the rest of us when the people are out of order Turning your head and not dealing with it is not the Christian way. It's up to the rest of us to bring order to that and to make them realize you are not serving God at all with your behavior. You are not in the spirit and you're definitely not in the spirit of service and operating with, com- with compassion for, for others. That word, yokefellow, which comes in verse three, that it, it means having compassion, being a companion, having compassion for, for another that you are laboring with. And when we're working in the spirit of God in church, it's a labor. It's a labor because you, what you're doing for Christ, it, you're doing it in and through Christ, it is not by your power, not by your might, but it's by his spirit in order for you to do what you do and accomplish it where it's well-pleasing unto the Lord. Amen? Amen. And I think we don't think of that often enough and, and some of us won't do anything at all. Because we think it's all about us and we just come here to, to eat and drink, and I don't mean the food, <laughs> you know. And then leave without any concern about anything else. See, when we believers understand that our labor in the church is about the salvation of souls, the unity of faith, and the bond of peace, it is all about Jesus, then it will stop the feuding, jealousy, and competition. It will stop the feuding, jealousy, and competition, because everyone has been given an assignment to do, and to do it the way God intends for you to do it, not like somebody else is doing it. Because there's somebody on the other side of your obedience waiting to receive. And you're so caught up about you that they're missing out. And then God has to send someone else across their path. Labor and service encompass not only spiritual duties and labor of love, but also the work it takes to keep the building in top shape which is where the worship goes forth in. And all of this is done unto the Lord. As believers, which means you are a servant unto the Lord, you don't get to decide on what service is worthy to be done. You've been given gifts and talents talents means you've been given abilities to do natural things as well as the spiritual gifts to do spiritual things and he intend or expect for us to use it for the church and to take the attitude that I I don't have to do that and why should I be doing that it's not becoming unto the lord amen and when you do it in the spirit of joy and humility, God is pleased. Let me tell you, we you, you really need to get out of ourselves because what you don't understand in Mark 4, when it talked about the sword that sows the seed, it says if you don't get that, you you won't understand none of the Bible. When you don't get that parable, you won't understand none of the Bible. Because when you come into the house of God with the spirit of humility and of servitude, then you are planting good seed that God says when you plant a seed, you don't get that seed alone back. You get a harvest. And then somebody is going to come and give greater to you, probably in the same area that you have given out at a time that you need it and you're worrying about what you may have lost at the moment. We must come out of natural, selfish thoughts and make Jesus our main thought, which will transform us. Let's let's go over to Romans 8, and um, verses 1 through 2. It says, there is therefore now no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus. And generally when I hear that, that's where it stops. Mm-hmm. But you don't have the whole message. So if you're being condemned, that's because you missed the part that says, who walk not after the flesh, Amen. but after the spirit. Amen. Okay? So there's no condemnation to those who are in Christ walking after the spirit of the living God Amen. verse 2 says for the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus have made me free from the law of sin and death Okay What we need to understand that Satan cannot handle the spirit of God and the fruit of love that is produced in us as we walk in faith in Christ Satan can't handle a lover. I'm going to repeat that. Satan can't handle a lover. And I'm talking about agape love. I'm not talking about uh, perversion. He handles that very well. That's why you're jacked up. He cannot handle the spirit of God. He can't do nothing with the spirit of God. And in the spirit of God, this the fruit of love that is produced in us when we walk in his spirit by walking in faith. So, therefore, you don't have to meditate on, am I walking according to the law? When you walk in his spirit, which exudes truth and love, you will walk according to the law. You don't, you cannot excuse the laws of the land, like let's go with traffic laws and rules because of who you think you are. And if you are who you think you are in Christ, then the thought of not following those rules and regulations don't even hit you. You respect it so, and you feel, oh my God, even if you did it accidentally, you're like, oh, I ran that stop sign. But when you think you are all of that, (laughs) and a bag of chips, oh, it's okay. Well, you see, that means that there is a whole lot of work God needs to do in your spirit yet. Child of God. See, we want to take claim to some names while we act like hell. (laughs) We act totally opposite of the name, just like the two ladies we just talked about had them wonderful names. But raising hell, okay, those are our sisters (laughs) who come from the same breed. We have to learn in order to walk in the spirit, what James said, submit to God. First, submit to God. We want to focus on resisting the devil. Submit to God. If you submit to God, now you have the power and the forethought to resist the devil. You can't put it reverse. And, the, and when you su- submit to God, God automatically, his spirit automatically puts in you what you need to say and do. When he talks about not knowing how to pray as you ought, okay? but because you have submitted unto the spirit of the living God, when you say, God, help me, or I don't know how to pray, his spirit begins to work things through you so that you can pray as you ought. But if you're choosing to be in the flesh, because you know you got it going on, you know everything, and, and that's religious and all of that, well, then deal with your issues, because God ain't working in that. He says, what the devil means for evil, that God can work it for your good. But what is the criteria for that? For those who love the Lord, who are called to his purpose. That means you are operating according to purpose, not just that you think you've been called, but some of us don't think we've been called to nothing. You know, uh, that's not on me, that's not for me. God didn't call me to do that. God hasn't called you to do anything but just to sit on your behind. And soak up the air and the sound. Well, I'm gonna see how that's gonna work for you at Judgment Day. When he's gonna ask you about what you've done with what he's given you. But see, you haven't even tapped into what he has given you because you're too busy consumed about my feelings. So you don't have a clue about what you were born for. And you're not even using the talents, at least long the spiritual gifts that God has given you that can help other people. You know, the talents, we don't talk about the talents as much as we talk about the spiritual gifts because we want to feel high and mighty with those spiritual gifts. But you, the, with that comes responsibility, credibility. But we don't talk about the talents that God has given us that seems to just kind of operate naturally. Well, he didn't give them to you for you to be boastful and high and mighty. He gave them to you to help other people. And see, and, and then when you, when, when you use them, now with some people you use those natural abilities and, and people reject you. You think you just know everything. No, bless the Lord. Oh, my soul, I don't. <laughs> uh, but I'm going to use what I got. And the more I use it, the more he brings increase. To much is given, much is required, and if you handle the little, I'll give you more. Yeah. Read your Bible. Yeah. Then you won't make wrong accusations. Amen? Amen. Okay, let's go over to Romans 12, and we're gonna read verses 1 to 3. I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. Now he says, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, it's by God's mercies that he has given you the ability, but through his spirit, to present your body as a living sacrifice, as a living sacrifice. He wants us to sacrifice things about us, and really, it's a sacrifice because we're thinking in the natural, but it really isn't a sacrifice because when you give up your natural ways and thoughts, you gain far more Amen. than what you thought you had. Amen? Amen. Amen. When I, when I uh, looked up reasonable, it, it says it's rational or logical. So he says, <laughs> present your bodies as a living sacrifice. Present your bodies that they don't belong to you, but they were bought for the price. And that price was the shed blood of Jesus Christ. So give it back to the one who's giving it to you and let him do the work in you so that what you're giving back is going to be greater than what you got because it's going to be holy and acceptable unto God which is a logical sacrifice. You really aren't making any sacrifices. You know, you are really giving him what he intended for you to give greater. So that you benefit, you benefit. So you ain't doing nothing special for the Lord. (laughs) That's why it's logical to give back. Amen. And see, when, uh, when we operate according to the world, mm, that is who we were before salvation. Okay, because just in case you've gotten so holy, you don't understand that. <laughs> it means we have again conformed rather than letting God's word transform us. Okay, but he tells us that we are to be transformed in verse 2. He says, be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Now, I heard, I heard a prophet one time preaching this, and it was like saying you had four different areas of, pl- of pleasing God. Okay, let me help you. You're going to do all of that in one setting. You're going to prove what is good, what is acceptable, and what is perfect. That is his will. Amen? Amen. Not that sometimes we got a, uh, an acceptable will and sometimes we got a perfect will. No, it's all at one time. Be- why? Because your mind has been transformed and you no longer think like the world, but you think heavenly thoughts. That are, are, When we think heavenly thoughts and our thoughts are allowed to reach the kingdom, then now God is operating in this world He's operating good stuff, acceptable and perfect stuff because we allow ourselves to rise above our earthly way of thinking and come up to a kingdom way of thinking. That's the transformation. Amen? Amen. But let me tell you something. Your thought pattern cannot be transformed just by reading that word. That's a start. But you're to read with the intent of walking it out. You have to walk the word out, not just hear some words. That's why people get up and say, oh, I heard that preach before. Because they do not have the concept or the precept that... This word is being spoken again and again and again in order to get into your spirit so that you are walking it out. You're not just listening. We got we got a serious problem that we come to Bible study and we come to service to hear stuff and you heard it. Now you can go home. I heard that. No, 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 no. You're coming here to be renewed in the things of who you have become by the blood of the Lamb. The blood of the Lamb said, I have created you into a new human being. Now I got to transform you into that newness that I made you into so that you can walk out in sanctification, justification, and righteousness. It will not walk out until you understand that you've been changed and you're willing to walk through that channel of change and not keep acting the same way you've been acting because that's how I've been acting all of my days. What there would be no need for Jesus to have come and suffered and died on the cross for you to act the same way you were acting beforehand. Why do you think he went to the cross? So that we would become more like Christ, and the more Christ like we come, then the easier it is to fellowship with the Father. Christ-like we become, then the easier it is to petition his court with our prayers. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. He says, I'm going to do two again. Be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove, that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. For I say through the grace given unto me to every man that is among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think soberly, according as God hath dealt to every man the measure of faith. He's given us faith to step out, excuse me, to be who he said he created us to be as his spirit works in us day by day, moment by moment, to walk out in the new creation He made us. So, because you may have gotten it, don't think more highly of yourself than you should. Because you certainly didn't get this by your laurels. It's only by the grace of God. And when God gives us something special, it is not for us. Yes. Yes. It's for the world. Yes. Amen. So Amen. therefore you why should you be so proud and haughty Ooh. about your gifts and your abilities and your talents? They were not given to you for you. Amen. Amen. They were given for other people. Amen. Amen. And, and and that is the problem. Who have their daily devotional on them today? May this, this, this will help us not to think so highly of ourselves when I read this. Okay, it says, Do God's Word. David Jeremiah tells of a well-known seminary professor who spent a summer studying in Jerusalem. In his apartment building lived an Orthodox Jewish rabbi with whom he studied Hebrew throughout the summer. One day, the professor sat and listened to his Jewish friend recite the entire book of songs in Hebrew without missing so much as a jot or tittle. Now, that's pretty impressive, right? But God doesn't bless you for merely reading his word or memorizing it, or even being able to repeat it word for word in the original languages. God only promised to bless those who do what his word says. Reading your Bible without putting it into practice is like going into a good restaurant and eating the menu while ignoring the meal. And that's pretty dumb, ain't it? But that just shows you how dumb we are. To think we can just read some words and go on and don't try to think about how they're going to be applied because see when you tell people that the word says such-and-such and, such, and this is what you they like looking at you like you must be crazy oh I don't want to hear that or oh you, yeah 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 you're you, you're sp- more spiritual than I am let me tell you God did not give this to give this to us according to degrees in sec S-E-C-T, not S-E-X. He gave this for all men to know, okay? Don't just listen to God's word. Do what it says. Otherwise, you're only only fooling yourself. For if you listen to the word and don't obey, it is like glancing at your face in a mirror. You see yourself walk away and forget what you look like. But if you look carefully into the perfect law that sets you free, and if you do what it says and don't forget what you heard, then God will bless you for doing it. And guess what? If you look at that word and you don't practice it, you won't get free. It didn't say looking at the word is gonna set you free. Amen. One of the dangers of enjoying great preaching is that you can enjoy it and go, go home, move about unchanged. And that's the situation. The knowledge of God's word is vitally important But a head knowledge of the scripture can actually water a root of spiritual pride in your heart whereby you applaud the scripture, but don't apply them. So the word for you today is do God's word. Amen. Praise the Lord. So stop the pride. Stop fearing of losing control. And stop lying to yourself for you are nothing without Christ, amen. 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 Still sticking kind of like with, um, with, with Romans and all, tying it in, trying to tie it in with Philippian, Philippians. In verse four of Philippians, he says after he's, he, he tells them about how to get those two women in order and, and working in unity, he says, remember that, you know, your names are written in the, uh, the book of life. So because they are written in the book of life, he says, rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. He's saying, rejoice because your name has been written in the book of life, not because of what you've done or accomplished. Rejoice because your name is in the book of life. Amen. Now because your name is written in the book of life, then it doesn't matter about what's going on right or wrong, he's saying rejoice. We only rejoice when things are right, when things are good, when we feel great and everything is going well. That's the only time we want to rejoice. He said, no, you need to rejoice because there's something greater going on than how you feel. There's something much greater going on than what you have and what you have accomplished or you've thought you have accomplished. There's far more greater going on, and that is no matter what's going on on this earth, on this side of heaven, your name is written where you're going to have eternal life. And in that eternity, there are no pains, no heartaches, no trials, no tribulations, no anything like that. And it would be everlasting and everlasting. And, 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 and if you don't, if, if we don't think like that, let me tell you, un- unless God takes you before he comes back, you will have to deal with, with tribulation. And if we can't handle the aches and pains, the disappointments and the heartaches and, 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 and the economy and all of that, right now, you certainly won't be able to handle tribulation. So you better be living like you need to live right now so you can be raptured up before tribulation happens. And you're not going to be raptured up thinking you made it, you got it. You can only be raptured up because you knew Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, and that's why your name is in the book of life. Your name is not going to be in the book of life because you were a member of the Reconciled Church or any other church. Your name is written because you knew your Savior. And because you knew your Savior, you were able to do exploits. Exploits. You don't do exploits through your natural ability. You can only do it because of the blood of the Lamb and the word of your testimony. Remember, this life here is basic training for the real life and the hereafter. This is basic training. Don't miss the real life trying to be happy on earth and focusing on, uh, rather than focusing on being joyful in the Lord. Because everything is about how I feel. That's so overrated. And how happy you are. God never promised happiness. He promised joy because happiness is fleeting and it's predicated on how things are going and with whom and what you've got. But joy is predicated on who's in you. So therefore, you don't have to be anxious for nothing. In verse 6 of Philippians 4, when he says, Don't be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication, with Thanksgiving, let your request be made known to the Lord. Let me tell you, when you give it all to the Lord, you don't have to fret over it, number one. But how you give it to the Lord, it means that every day and maybe often throughout the day, you are praying your petition. To the lord with an expectation yeah. by giving it to him in a way of thanksgiving yeah. you're not begging asking and complaining yeah. because the more you complain uh, uh, the more you beg it only reminds you of the problem because you can't do it without reciting the problem you know and the, the, you, you know with job <laughs> glory you you see, his wife didn't last because she was complaining about how things have changed so drastic, drastically, and how the situation is, and she wanted things to go back to how they used to be. So she tells him, "You need to curse God and die." But Joe woke up and realized who his Lord is, who his Lord was. And because of that, he could keep his eyes on the prize as he suffered through the situation because what God was doing was making him better than he was before. And therefore, by since he kept his eyes on God, he came up out of all of that hell and then he was greater at the end than he was before. He ended up with more and greater than he did when he started out because he put his focus where it need to be. And he gave thanks and, and he was grateful to the Lord for being in his life. We All we want to do is sit around and complain about, well, hey, uh, uh, you know, I'm, ooh, Jesus, help me. Hallelujah. Be anxious for nothing. 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 Because all you got to do is take it to the Lord in prayer. Yeah. And when you go to him in prayer, don't go in there thinking, well, if... You go with an expectation because you know who your Savior is. And so what you have to do is what he says in eight. Finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, what's true, the facts or God's word? God's word. Jesus, (laughs) whatsoever things are honest, anything that's true is honest, facts are not honest, they're for the moment, whatsoever Mm -hmm. things are just, who's just, God, Mm -hmm. he's the only one, and when we follow his ways, we are being just, because we are righteously living by faith, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, he says, whatsoever things are of good report. So whose report you going to believe? Dr. So-and-so? No. Representative So-and-so? No. President So-and-so? No. Whose report you going to believe? Because their report is contrary to the plans God had for man. And if you sit up, listen to that rhetoric, and follow that, you're going to miss what God has planned and in store for us. He says, if there be any virtue, if there be any praise, think on these things. And those things that he told us to focus on is the only things that are virtuous and have any worth of praise. Everything else can die and dissipate them people you done voted for sitting up in the white house are gonna die and if y'all don't start praying for them to change some of their attitudes right now they're gonna prematurely die all the stuff we accumulate is gonna rot yes. Yes. if we don't leave it first there's nothing sure but your salvation yes. that's the only thing that's sure is your salvation and so that's why you need to put your focus on things above and not things below. Amen. Amen. That's going to keep us. That's going to keep us to Jesus' returns for us, either here or when he comes back as the judge. Amen. Praise the Lord. The end. God, we just bless your name and, 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 and we just thank you that we have a God that we can reach up to, not one that we sit on the dresser, glory, not one that changes his theory and his philosophy and his mind at will, hallelujah, we have a faithful God who is the same yesterday, today, and forever, who is the great I am, he's above, hallelujah Jesus, He's the beginning and the end. We bless your name, Father. We thank you. We thank you that you are the author and the finisher of our faith. We thank you that you are the healer, the one who sees our needs and sent your word to heal us. We thank you, Father. You are the all in all. And without you, we have nothing. We are nothing. But because of you, we are more than conquerors through Christ who loves us hallelujah Jesus we are the heal we are whole we are the righteous we are the just we are sanctified by your spirit and you lead us by your spirit you guide us by your spirit therefore we cannot miss we are victorious because the victor Jesus lives in us hallelujah Jesus hallelujah Jesus glory to your name lord hallelujah thank you God. i thank you for a people who hunger and thirst after righteousness who have ears to hear and a heart to receive what the spirit of the lord has prepared for us so we can sit at this table and die sufficiently i thank you lord that they didn't go in one ear and out the other but it's in the ear of our hearts therefore we will walk out all that you have revealed to us Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. You have prepared us so that when we leave this place, when we go out, we can tell others about Jesus. Thank you, Father. Thank you that you promised long life, a long satisfied life, because we put our love, our hope, and our faith in you. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you that you are the great physician. (laughs) Hallelujah, Jesus. You are the best intercessor. So you go to the Father with the cup of blood and plead our case. Thank you, Father, so that we can overcome. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. For that, we want to express our love and adoration for you. Keep us, keep us from falling. Keep us from falling and I thank you father that as your loved ones your beloved darlings leave this place that they are protected by the ministering angels you have assigned to them as they go about and forth and your mercies are new this day for them so whatever they come up come against today mercies will appear before the situation And then those at the sound of my voice, if you don't know Jesus, you're missing out on a blessing. You're missing out on on your peace and your joy. You're missing out on the opportunity to do exports so your Savior can shine through you. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. But I pray, I pray that you will invite Jesus to come into your heart right now because you know that you are a sinner and you no longer want to live this sinful life. So you're asking Jesus, come in and transform me. Translate me from darkness into the marvelous light of your dear son, Jesus, and and transform my way of thinking so that I can walk in this life in holiness and righteousness in glory of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. I confess my sins to you and I admit that I have sinned and fallen short of your glory. God, I thank you for a people who hunger and thirst after righteousness, who have ears to hear and a heart to receive what the Spirit of the Lord has prepared for us so we can sit at this table and dine sufficiently. I thank you, Lord, that they didn't go in one ear and out the other, but it's in the ear of our hearts. Therefore, we will walk out all that you have revealed to us. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. You have prepared us so that when we leave this place, when we go out, we can tell others about Jesus. Thank you, Father. Thank you that you promised long life, a long, satisfied life we put our love our hope and our faith in you thank you jesus thank you that you are the great physician yes. <laughs> hallelujah jesus you are the best intercessor so you go to the father with the cup of blood and plead our case thank you father so that we can overcome thank you jesus thank you father for that we want to express our love and adoration for you keep us keep us from falling keep us from falling and i thank you father that as your loved ones your beloved darlings leave this place that they are protected by the ministering angels you have assigned to them as they go about and forth and your mercies are new this day for them. So whatever they come up, come against today, mercies will appear before the situation and remind them that they are saved and remind the forces you have no power. For this is my child who called on my name. Here I am. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' name, Amen.